Hi everyone, this is Ronnie from Everything Vive, and today I am going to be uh, giving my thoughts and impressions uh, on uh, Twilight Path. It's the latest VR title uh, that has been released from uh, Charm Games. They're the ones behind Form. We've had them on the show multiple times. I think, you know, Alan, Derek, Dino, like a lot of those. Uh, the people I've talked to over there are super thoughtful, uh, you know, just amazing guys. They do amazing stuff with VR. And so I was very, very excited to get my hands on Twilight Path. This is the first time I got to play it, so I wasn't, you know, I didn't get a chance to play any, like, early versions of the game or anything like that. So uh, really I, I got to, to to play, you know, the the final experience that everyone is able to to pick up on Steam or, or, or from the Oculus store. Uh, you know, and, and right off the bat, um, I was I was very impressed with what I saw. So, uh, you know, basically what I had heard, and I hadn't heard a ton about the game prior to its release, but I know that I knew Charm Games was looking to include more of a narrative uh, this time around, rather than you know what they did in the past. Um, and I think more more so than just narrative. I think the main focus was trying to, like, part of the focus, anyways, was trying to incorporate more characters into 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 the game, and at least that was the impression I got from from some of my discussions with them. Is that you know this was on a much bigger scale than their past games because of that. But I mean, honestly, I don't know if it was just me, you know, not fully understanding exactly what they were going for, or if you know perhaps they undersold some of the stuff. But really, I thought that the the, the biggest difference uh, between form and Twilight Path in terms of uh, the scope. And in general, um, the thing that really stands out the most about Twilight Path is the environments, uh, the just the scope and scale of what they were able to do in Twilight Path is, is incredible. It's, it's breathtaking a lot of, in a lot of ways. And um, on one hand, it's some of the best work I've seen in VR to date. On the other hand, it's just kind of like a taste of, of I think, what, what this team is capable of and really what the medium is capable of uh, delivering an experience like Twilight Path. So with that in mind, um, let's talk a little bit more about the game just generally, uh, what type of a game it is for those interested in kind of looking, looking out for it. I would descri- describe Twilight Path for the most part as being a, a puzzle game. Um, most of, I mean, basically the way you get from beginning to end of this title is by solving various simple puzzles that involve kind of, you know, moving things in VR, lining things up, kind of, I mean, most of the puzzles honestly are all very simple. Um, so they're not like overly challenging, but at the same time they have, there's a lot of instances where they just feel super satisfying. So you feel like on one hand that you're able to solve something, um, at the other, on the other hand, you know, you're not overly frustrated and just the mechanics of solving them themselves in VR, uh, are, are really satisfying, and I'd say that that's one of the the best parts about the gameplay of Twilight Path is the fact that everything just feels uh, fun, feels right. The interactions are all enjoyable for the most part, and and you know what else can you say about? I mean, really, for me, for most VR titles, I mean, it's it's all about presence, about being uh, you know witness to something you know incredible, and then also just the you know, enjoyment that you get out of interacting with things. If the interactions feel good, if it feels fun to 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 you know 
interact with the objects in that world, then you're going to be having a good time. And all of those uh, main points are ticked here with, with Twilight Path. So, yeah, it's a puzzle, puzzle game, like I said. Uh, you're solving various puzzles to get from point to point. And then uh, the mechanics in which, like I was mentioning, um, some things you're moving you know, just with your hands like objects in front of you. But then uh, the biggest added mechanic that they, that they included in Twilight Path compared to form and you know, compared to most puzzle games that you'll experience um, is the fact that you're able to interact not only with an objects that are in your immediate vicinity, like stuff that you can reach, but you're also in are able to interact with things that are far away in the distance. And so at first, I mean, that's one of the first things that the game teaches you. Right when you boot it up, um, the first time it gets right into, into the tutorial, if you boot it up uh, for someone... If you boot it up, you know after playing it, you know multiple times, uh, it's still going to ask you if it, if it's your first time playing or not, so that it can it knows whether or not to teach you kind of you know th- this the new mechanic or not, and and I think that's a really good that throughout the game there's a lot of really smart choices in terms of accessibility in terms of making sure that players are comfortable in, in this instance uh, if you're booting up the game for someone that hasn't played it before, or if you're booting it up for someone that's new to VR, which I think this would be an excellent experience to to show someone that's never tried VR. Um, but all of those instances, it makes it just super easy for the player that, you know, let's say you're showing it off to someone for the first time. Um, you know, it's it's really simple to, to move past it if you've played it before. But if you haven't, then these are all, you know, making it super easy to show to the tutorial uh, to to a new player is is a major advantage, and again, it's not intrusive to the to the player that's coming back or anything like that. So I think uh, it's a smart choice. But anyways, so they they teach you right at the beginning of the game through tutorial uh, that basically if you hold down both triggers on the controllers, uh, you know you'll you'll see this little logo that or this this floating uh, insignia of a yin yang kind of you know for one one side of 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 the the symbol uh, for each of the triggers that you're pulling. So they re, they they start from where your controllers more or less are, and then they 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 go together and then form the the yin yang. And if you let go of the triggers right when the two pieces meet, then all of a sudden you now have control of cursors that are kind of extended into the distance of your play area. And so the whole the whole purpose of that is that you can select and, and interact with objects that are, uh, you know, in the background of, of the scenes that you're going to be in. So I, this is a super smart way of being able to make it so that you do have immediate control of of, of selecting things in the distance, but at the same time, um, it also prevents you from um, getting frustrated. Uh, sorry, I just. <laughs> Stop there for a second to make sure that I, I wasn't having any technical issues with the recording. Um, but yeah, the 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 brilliance of being able to select that option uh, to 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 interact with things in the distance, and that you actually have to go through a mechanic to enable that, is that whenever you're interacting with things in the immediate foreground, stuff that's right in front of you, you know that that's not going to be an issue. So if something's in front of you, you're interacting with it, the game knows you're just trying to interact here, and in order for it to kind of, you know, 
to, to switch gears, so to speak, and then have you access things that are farther away, you actually have to like trigger this mechanic. So uh, super smart there. And, and initially, I just thought it was kind of an interesting choice. Huh, it's, you know, like, yeah, like I said, at the very beginning, after doing the tutorial and then seeing the initial um, instances where you're using it, um, I, I thought it was an interesting choice, but I didn't really understand fully how game impacting it was going to be. It almost uh, reminds me of, of certain mechanics like in like in Paper Valley, for example, when you're throwing paper airplanes to hit objects um, in the distance. Like teleportation, for example, in this game uh, works similarly to a game like Paper Valley where um, you know you actually have to, to hit certain nodes uh, in order to move from place to place. It's not just like a free-for-all kind of teleportation type uh, locomotion system. So like I, 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 initially I thought, oh, okay, this is just a way to interact with things in the distance so that I can you know, move from place to place or that. But really, the, the way that the, 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 the system plays itself out is it opens up the puzzles. It it, it allows the game to make the entire environment around you part of the puzzle that you're interacting with instead of just what's immediately in front of you. And, and I mean, there's so many examples of this. I don't want to really give away how any of the puzzles work or anything like that because it's just fun to kind of see what they're like and experience them for yourselves. But imagine, like I said, like, like um, imagine the entire game world around you as being one big puzzle and being able to do portions of the puzzle in your immediate vicinity, but then uh, being able to, like, with almost, like, you know, magical powers, be able to interact with other parts of the environment without actually having to, you know, pull knobs or move switches themselves, but you're actually able to move those things in front of you, but then also be able to, uh, you know, move things with your powers in the distance that are all incorporated into those same puzzles. So, and, and... I mean, uh, along the same lines of choosing the method in which uh, players can interact with things uh, in the world, it, I think it was also just such a, a brilliant move to uh, to control where the player's advantage at every point in this game. So, like I said, there's you can't freely move around the environment. There's no kind of you know free for all locomotion or uh, you know just you can't teleport anywhere you want to go. Uh, but there's very specific points that the game allows you to move to uh, within the environment. So yeah, you are teleporting in a sense, but you're just basically moving from point to point throughout the game, and all of those points are designed specifically to advance the story forward. So you're, you're basically moving from spot to spot to spot, and at each spot you're solving puzzles to, to then be able to move on to the next spot. And uh, what this allows is, is the fact I mean, the, this movement system allows you to not only see amazing sights around you and for uh, the developers to be able to craft a very beautiful and, and super vibrant uh, super vibrant uh, game world for you to see. They, they know what angles you're going to be seeing it at so they can make all the lighting and all of the you know, effects and, and all of that just really pop, all of the, all the contrasting colors and the scenery, etc., um, not only can they do that with the vantage point, but then, like I said, they can incorporate the entire game world into the puzzles. So they know exactly 
what angles you're going to be seeing certain things from, and so they know um, you know what the player what the player is going to notice, and they can you know make the puzzles easier or harder, or kind of give you clues based on based on on, on your location. So I, I mean, and I tend to be one of those people that gets stuck in a lot of these puzzle games, uh, <laughs> and uh, fortunately, I can say that in in Twilight Path, I, I didn't get stuck very often. Like everything was very intuitive and. Again, like I said, it's it was challenging enough to where I felt good about solving things, but then there was never an, a, a situation where I felt like the game was being too obtuse or too unfair as to what it was asking of me. Everything is kind of there in front of you to kind of notice, and uh, they give you the the adequate tools to to deal with any situation. So, um, uh, along you know what I was mentioning before, um, in addition to just you know, giving you tools to interact with the environment. They also give you this this wrist bracelet uh, that you can pull kind of an orb from that lets you see certain like hidden markings in the world. And so those are also like kind of cool ways. Like like in every situation, um, not only are you interact like able to interact with the puzzles in front of you, but you also get this opportunity to hmm, let me let me first pull out my orb to see if there's anything hidden before I start working on this puzzle and. And um, like I was mentioning before, with the fact that you know the inter- everything that you interact with in the game just feels good, um, even in situations where the orb didn't re- unveil anything, it was the the feel of pulling it from your wrist and then moving it around the environment and kind of looking around through it to see if there's anything hidden. That act in and of itself is really satisfying. Something about the effects that they used on the orb and kind of the the. You know how it warps your vision when you're looking through it, and and again, like being able to toss it once you're done with it, and it kind of floats away and then disappears and goes back to your wrist. Um, everything about it just feels fun and fluid and and just well implemented. So there's the like everything that you do in this game, uh, like you can tell a lot of they paid a lot of attention to detail to make sure that they just made everything feel fun and right. And that that degree of polish is something that really stands out in Twilight Path. So, uh, so yeah. So I talked a little bit about you know the main gameplay mechanics. Uh, I talked about how uh, the movement system, kind of, in addition to the interaction systems, how how the fact that you teleport from place to place and how they're able to uh, really craft and 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 really. Uh, shape the, what the player is seeing and doing uh, based on the fact that they know where you're going to be looking at it from. And I think that's a, a, a pretty good transition. And one more thing to mention is they do vary up movement in this game um, by including a, a vehicle character, which I don't, I'm not going to get too much into, but again, I thought that was a really interesting way to kind of switch up the movement, because if you're just going from place to place to place, um, that I could see that getting a little bit old throughout the game. Um, there's other examples of games that have done that and I think are fine, like, like Paper Valley, for example. It reminds me a lot of, a lot of the, the, the pacing and movement in this game reminds me of that game in, in a positive sense. Um, but uh, they do vary up that kind of movement system by including a, a vehicle that you can teleport onto that will then move um, by itself. So you're on the vehicle standing and, and it's moving. And, and again, they still are in control of your vantage point from that vehicle. So it's, 
still has all the positive aspects that I talked about before with the teleportation uh, system, but it does add some some varied degrees of movement there and makes things just generally more interesting. So, um, so yeah, so I guess that's a good transition like I was going to get to to talk about some of the characters in the game. Um, clearly, the aesthetic, the characters, um, and the storyline, for that matter, was a big part of, of what they're trying to push in Twilight Path. And on that level, the game is a little bit of a mixed bag for me. So on one hand, I, I thought that the characters themselves did have a lot of personality. They were all very interesting, and they all were modeled spectacularly. Um, some of that goes to uh, the scale that I talked about before, just like with the environments having uh, a very impressive sense of scale. The various characters also have that huge sense of scale, which... I think it's just incredible. Like there were moments in this game where I literally, like, my jaw dropped. I was, like, you know, not only from the environments but from the characters themselves. And I, I think you know, scale is something that you know, being able to interact with small and large things um, in VR is unlike dealing with things like you can't you can't really uh, mimic the, those types of experiences in any other types of platforms. And so whenever I see that those types of things being incorporated, um, I, I get super excited. I mean, the, the blue, for example, seeing the whale for the first time in VR was one of the coolest things that I'd ever experienced. And there are interactions in this game, again, not wanting to spoil anything, that, that rival those in terms of my, my memory, in terms of, uh, you know, my, you know, witnessing something in VR for the first time and just being, you know, kind of mind blown and how it was presented to me and how cool it was to, 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 to experience it. So, um, so, so the characters allow for moments like that. On the other hand, I, I did feel like, uh, for me personally, and it, this could just be my own deficiencies, but, uh, it was a little bit hard at times to fall. Like I thought the plot kind of threw a lot at me, especially like in the intro, uh, like it threw a lot at me very quickly, and then likewise in the game during the game, I would be introduced to something, and it was kind of a lot of heavy concepts or dialogue, and obviously like the character designs they shine through brilliantly, and they're all like there are certain archetypes of these characters that are just you know kind of obvious when you see them. Okay, like you know you you kind of get the sense of of what like the roles of a lot of these different characters are regardless of how much you retain from the storytelling. But that was just one thing that I, that I noticed throughout. I, I struggled to follow all of the, the details that I can tell that they spent a lot of time working through. And, uh, and as I'll get to later on, I mean, since this doesn't look like it's going to be the last of, of our experiences in VR in the Twilight Path world, um, you know, I, I just one that's just one of the things that was a little bit hard for me to digest. And I don't know if it's just the pacing of the game or the 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 methods that they chose for delivery uh, through dialogue and all of that. But it was it was a little bit hard for me to follow uh, some of the story, uh, at least through my first playthrough. Um, so um, and and you know, getting back to that, like just the general narrative of, of, of the story uh, being, you know, taken to the spirit realm uh, and then trying to find a way out of it. And, you know, again, not to spoil the ending, but I mean, you find out early on that that's kind of your main mission is to try to, you know, reach a certain point within the spirit world uh, so that you can hopefully go home. Um, and, and all of that was presented fairly well. Um, but, 
again, just with the pacing, like it felt like I was just doing puzzles, doing puzzles, doing puzzles until a certain point where all of a sudden certain of those puzzles had like a very specific, uh, you know, point to them that interacted with the story. And some of those later moments in the game are so cool. I mean, not again, without giving away anything, um, there's like pseudo a pseudo boss battle, for example, near the end of the game that was incredible, and it interact. It used, you know, some of the scope that I mentioned in dealing with the characters, along with the environment, along with the puzzles, and incorporated the story in ways that everything just worked together and felt super cool. Like there was some pressure to solving them quickly, and just just all around, it kind of was a glimpse of what what more of this game could be like, and it made me wish that there was another, you know, another third of the game at least to experience where all these things were incorporated. And uh, you know, talking about kind of some of the some of some of what was difficult for me to follow as far as the story uh, kind of leads me into the major negative that I have about the game, and that it feels like. It, it's, it, it just got you to that point where everything's starting to click and then it's over. So it, it, the game is a little bit short for my taste, and I don't say that lightly. Um, most of the time I'm uh, like super forgiving about how, how much time a VR game takes to, to finish because I know how, especially like when a well-crafted game like Twilight Path, it, you know, comes around how much time and effort it takes in these games and how you know they're all selling for relatively low prices and you know they're the all these developers are trying to recoup on costs and whatnot but still like the reason i say that twilight path feels short has nothing to do with value it just has to do with how great the game is i mean literally it feels like it does such a good job of kind of slowly introducing you to the elements of the game in a clear way and then right when you're getting the, 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 the gist of how everything works together, you get like this one or two examples of, of, of implementing everything with, with all cylinders clicking, and then the game's over. And it's just such a you know, tease in some respects because you're having so much fun, and right when the game is like at its peak, and it's only been there for a very short amount of time, then you're greeted with with a credit screen and, and it's over. So, I mean, it's in a, in a large way, this is a major compliment to the game, but it's just, I was just getting warmed up and really getting into it when all of a sudden I realized that the game was over and, and that was kind of a bummer. So, uh, especially given the fact that I've been waiting for this game for so long, um, you know, I... I was sad that it was over as quickly as it was. Um, it took me, I mean, probably an hour, hour and a half-ish. Yeah, probably between one to two hours to beat. And it's, uh, again, there are other games that are shorter than that that I wouldn't have the same complaints about, but just the way in which the game ramps up and then gets everything clicking and then is over uh, just makes you feel like, you know, maybe... Uh, you know, they bit off a little bit more that they could chew, or they just wanted to get the game out, and so they did. And you just like it would be nice. It, like I, I think this game is amazing and totally worth picking up, regardless of the of of the runtime. Um, but you hope that you hope that a second game would come out that would be able to pick up 
like closer to where this game left off than starting over from scratch so that you could build up on on all of the cool things that you had experienced and learned through the original Twilight Path uh, in, in, a, in a potential sequel. So that's, that's the only thing. Not knowing what they're working on, not knowing what a, a, a follow-up to Twilight Path would be, just makes me a little bit sad as to, you know, like, like I, I mean, not really sad, but just hoping that, that this is almost like an episode one out of a series that's going to build on a lot that they, that they learned here, both, or that they, that they took the player through, both in terms of the storyline, obviously, but more importantly, through the gameplay. I feel like the gameplay was starting to get really interesting and complex, and I, I hope that there's more of that interaction between uh, like using puzzles to directly affect the narrative. Puzzles that are involved in boss battles. Puzzles that, you know, like using using all these mechanics to to more directly influence the story and 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 and, and engage the player in these kind of moments. So, cuz there cuz there were so many cool moments and like as cool as a moment is when you are in a, like seeing a character in front of you where there's no interaction, when you're actually you know, when you're actually in a battle moment or doing something that more directly impacts those characters in that world, um, it makes it just that more engaging. It makes you feel like, you know, it less like you're just in like a in a random puzzle game and more like you're in in a world that's, you know, that that you actually have some power over. So um, so yeah, so that's so 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 I guess moving on from from the gameplay itself, I did want to touch on kind of the more artist uh, like arts slash technical side of things because I think that's one of the most impressive areas of Twilight Path. I do not say this lightly when I say that I think Twilight Path is probably one of the probably the most impressive visually stunning game that I've played in VR. Uh, there are a lot of games that I've, you know, that I've really enjoyed the graphics in, but just Twilight Path, some of that stuff, some of the stuff is on another level. Um, you know, like, like from the opening start, the, they, they tell you, they give you some of the details on the storyline similar to Moss at the very beginning, where you are opening a storybook and kind of learning about the spirit world and, and what this stuff is all about. Um, and just like the textures on, on the book when you first see it, and the lighting in the room, and the ambiance of the sound around you. Like all of these things are, were super uh, impactful my first time. The, a lot of the particle effects, the, the stars that are in the sky, or the, the, like the sparkles, um, just all this stuff really stood out as being super polished, super detailed. And you know, I'm, I'm playing this on, like for, for, for this portion, obviously I have a Rift, I have a Vive. I use the original Vive uh, while I play this game. And even in the original Vive headset, just everything looked a lot sharper than I would expect. And and as far as I could tell, I mean, there wasn't any kind of super like I didn't have super sampling options to choose from in the menus. Um, but everything looked super sharp and crisp, and the details really stand out. Um, there's a lot of cool effects, like 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 clear reflective like glass type like you know uh, like 
Like the best way to to some of the cool effects kind of remind me of Doctor Strange in a way, where you see like shattered reality in front of you, or being able to interact with some of the puzzles with your hands, to where you're you're just touching something with your finger that's in the air, and then moving it like you're making like a magical gesture, like. Like I, I know I'm talking about the the technical side of these things. They all look amazing, but they feel equally amazing. And and like I think it's the 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 high graphical fidelity mixed with the the the, the solid feel to it all that really like shines. And then and then you know moving from that initial uh, you know storybook introduction to your first like to first being in the game world and seeing like you're you're greeted you're in kind of like a city kind of corridor environment at night and you see the glow of lanterns around you and you enter into this uh this like uh, i forget the name of it it started with a c but uh, it's kind of like a like a an old village type like it's like an antique shop in a way and uh, just everything just like has the right feel to it like you feel like you're in a like in a Miyazaki or Studio uh, Ghibli uh, film to some extent like everything has a real sense of personality to it just the environments themselves uh, really do have uh, just like a feel and a presence to them that is a character in and of itself and um, as cool as that first those first environments are I think when you first enter the spirit realm is when I was just truly blown away by by the visuals. The sense of scale of the environments, and again, because they know where you're going to be seeing the environment from, they're able to craft it in a way to make it look that much more large and, and kind of you know bigger than life um, because they know where what your vantage point is. But I mean, just all of it's done exceptionally well. And, and again, like everything just has such a strong... Uh, level of detail to it uh the textures are are very like three-dimensional and very like while some of them don't look especially high resolution like the the effects that they're using to kind of bring them to life i don't think really like like i i didn't personally watch it on the screen to see what it looked like there but in the headset everything just looks super realistic super sharp like it it has that kind of like artistic side to it where where it feels again like larger than life but then at the same time everything feels grounded in reality and uh, you know once you're in the spirit world you just go from one location to the other and all of them are more beautiful than the next um, and all of them have different like major like eye-catching moments that just like like there were multiple times where my breath was taken away in terms of how beautiful the surroundings were around me. And so like again, if I if there's anything that like really just like just van- like just man made this one of those can't miss experiences, I think it was really the the environments, the artwork, the scope and scale of those environments and, and characters for that matter, as well as just um, like your sense of presence within those environments. I think, I think if 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 that was all you were getting here, like like for those reasons alone, I think this is just a, a can't miss uh, title for people that are super into VR and, and VR done well. Um, and and along the same lines of creating that sense of scale and, and making things feel right and realistic to the player, I think the the lighting design is probably one of the largest. 
reasons that you feel so grounded. The lighting is just very, very beautiful, and it affects not only the environment but the characters in a very consistent and believable way. Like the characters themselves look more impressive and more beautiful because of how they're being lighted while you're viewing them in the game. And again, I could only imagine because the developers were able to know where you were going to be relative to those uh, characters in most of these circumstances that they were able to, you know, position the lights in a way that that really makes everything pop. But I mean, yeah, you you're starting from one time a day and like show like over time there is a progression of 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 the of of time across the world and you know it, you start at a certain point in the day and you know you it's the sun looks like it's going down and then you're in some interior um, environments and just from beginning to end everything was very very impressive um, as far as the lighting went just felt real felt awe-inspiring felt you know sufficiently fantastical but also uh, realistic and just overall like I said just super impressed and makes you feel really like you're in a, in a place. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any, I mean, there were so many little things that just like, again, att the attention to detail in this game, as far as the, the technical side of things, uh, the audio I think was super well done. The, the voice acting was great. Um, sometimes some of the voices in my headset anyways, and I'm using the deluxe audio, uh, strap for my Vive. Sometimes some of the voices sounded like they were a little bit echoey when maybe they shouldn't have been, like in some of the outdoor environments. They felt like you were kind of in a cave or something. I don't know if that's a setting I had in my head, like something I have set up wrong um, in my audio settings because I've, I've noticed in other VR games that sometimes um, with some of the more spatial audio, the voices tend to sound a little bit like that. It, it sounds appropriate when you're in indoor environments, but just outdoor environments, something sounds a little bit unnatural to me, um, just with the voices. But then with the sound effects, you don't have those same problems, and everything sounds super spatial and like like one of the like the coolest things. Like I at the beginning, you uh, have this like potion bottle. And when you're shaking the potion bottle, you can hear the liquid inside the bottle. And like the the sound design around around this bottle was so was so strong that it felt like I almost thought that they were using haptics kind of, to kind of simulate the feeling of, of the liquid inside. I later I, I tried to, to 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 see what they were doing and it didn't seem like any haptics were in use, but it was just the the sound was so accurate to the location that I was shaking it in that I, I actually I felt like 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 there was something there and uh, again like I, I could be overthinking this whatever but like I would shake the bottle next to my left ear move, shake it continue to shake it move it to my right ear and like the whole time it just like the sound just was very convincing to me and there were lots of other examples of, of, of those types of situations where I could kind of pinpoint certain sounds but like whatever they did, whether it's true spatial audio or just you know just proper use of stereo channels, um, it it seemed very convincing to me. And and just the like whether it be you know the ambiance or like sounds like music in the background or the character voices, all of that stuff was was really well done. And so I guess that brings me to kind of you know the end. Um, 
I should point out that there were a couple of times where the puzzles glitched out on me from the technical side of things. Um, one of the first puzzles in the game, um, I had some of the there were there are these like kind of slot slotted like uh, these these little like ro- like uh, clay. I don't know, pieces with with tracks drawn on them that you have to line up in a certain way to activate a machine. And um, some, like when I was moving them around to reposition them to get through the puzzle, uh, one of them got caught in the in the cabinet that I was standing next to and I wasn't able to get it out with without reloading the game. There were a couple of times like that where I would, something would get stuck somewhere and I'd have to reload. Um, but for the most part, they weren't really major issue. I would I would say that if anything like that happens to you when you experience the game, rather than trying to solve the puzzle without getting the object back, I mean, if you wait like you know a minute or two and it doesn't look like the the object's going to respawn in its original location, it looks like it's stuck somewhere. Um, to just you know quit the game out to the title screen, load it back up. It'll start you right almost like right at the beginning of that puzzle, which none of the puzzles are super long, so it's super forgiving. And in my experience, it was always that would if if it happened, it would happen once and it never happened again. So you, you know, if you quickly just reload the game, you're back to the beginning of that puzzle. You can go from there and then you uh, usually won't run into the same problem. So I mean out of the out of the couple hours of runtime that I think that happened to me twice with two of the puzzles. So like, you know, out of, I don't know how many puzzles, you know, out of, you know, many, like, you know, like, like probably, I don't know, I don't know how many puzzles there were, like 20, 30, like maybe it happened once or twice, but it was always uh, relatively short and kind of obvious when something was going on. So that, like, technically speaking, I really didn't have any issues with the game at all, but it's just something I wanted to, to point out because if you do experience a problem like that, I think it it's in your best interest to just reboot the game because then it'll immediately fix it rather than you, you know, trying to be frustrated and, and try to, you know, save that object somehow from the glitch. Um, but yeah, so... So overall, technically superior to most VR games out there. Gameplay, incredible. Sense of scale and environments, you know, just just way up there. A little bit short. Um, definitely feels like it's kind of, you know, the, they, they got to a point where they're really hitting their stride and then rather than continuing on for, it would have been nice to have like another, you know, 30-ish, 40 minutes of gameplay there. It would have felt... You know, super satisfying to be able to take some of those late game uh, moments where they're incorporating kind of the story, the puzzles, everything you've learned together. Uh, it would have been cool to to see that played out more uh, rather than just kind of the one instance at the end. But you know, uh, they're quick to point out after the credits that Twilight Path will be back, almost Marvel esque in terms of uh, giving you that that final message. So uh, I can't say that like like. As as you know, I had a ton of fun with this game, and I I absolutely can't wait to see uh, the next installment of this series because, like I said, it, I, I had a blast, and and while it was over a little bit sooner than I would have liked, um, it it really did do some things that you don't see too often in in other VR titles. So, um, yeah, that's those are most of my thoughts on Twilight Path. 
Um, you know, there's some things that they can work on. Um, you know, the, the, the narrative storytelling, for example, like I said, for me, it was a little bit hard to follow. Maybe it was like information overload. I don't know. Um, but that, but that's something that potentially, uh, could improve. Um, the other thing, as much as the, as, as much as the, Technical visuals and art, artistic side of things was just like super awe-inspiring and amazing. I'd say the animation was a little bit weaker on the characters, so that's something I could see improving, you know, the next time around a little bit. But overall, um, you know, the gameplay is fun and satisfying as a puzzle game. It's it's uh, it can be a little bit challenging, but never frustrating. And everything feels right, and the game gives you a super strong sense of presence and uh, amazing sense of scale. So I definitely recommend people picking up Twilight Path. Um, it looks like it's about fifteen dollars um, normally, which is definitely not too too high, even at the the short game length, in my opinion. Um, but you know, right now it's on sale. I think. Or it was on sale anyway. So if you if you're even uh, you know semi interested in this game, you should definitely be on the lookout. Add it to your wish list. And if you're not already sold on getting it at fifteen dollars, um, you know I would immediately purchase it whenever you see it on sale because if it goes anywhere under that price, it's honestly a steal for what you're getting. Uh, this is a game that. Um, would be very easy to recommend to people that are new to VR. And it's definitely a game that if you do have a couple of hours, you could probably have somebody uh, sit through and play most of the experience, if not all of it, and and be able to, to, to play a, a narrative-driven, kind of full-on single-player experience in VR from beginning to end. So, and, and everything is explained really well and super, uh, super comfortable. Um, one of the one of the coolest uh, little uh, like attention to detail things that I noticed was the fact that when you uh, move out of tracking range, rather than just disconnecting or going black or white, it slowly fades. So you know when you're getting away from where you need to be in the game. Um, it wants you to stand in a certain spot, and it very subtly tells you that you're moving away from that so that you can move back to... All of these things are great for people that are new to VR, and I can see uh, titles like this, you know, if... If, if people know about them and are able to experience them, being really popular to, to people that are new to, new to uh, the high-end VR platforms, and if they make their way to, to future platforms like the Oculus Quest, I can see these being super, super uh, you know, valuable experiences for people to have in their libraries. So that's my thought on Twilight Path. Uh, we'll see if we can get those guys on the show to talk more about uh, the development process, some of the choices they made, and, and perhaps some of the things that they learned um, you know, from this. But uh, it's definitely one that I think you need, you need to pick up and play because if there's going to be more Twilight Path in the way, this is you know, the first step to continuing on uh, you know, <laughs> down that path, uh, <laughs> pun intended. So thank you very much, as always, for listening. And uh, yeah, look forward to uh, more episodes from us in the future. Take care and have a good one.